Welcome to People Matters by Shuluba. I am your host, Gulani Shulubani. In today's episode, we'll be discussing all things leave entitlement. What are we getting right and where and how can we do better? Our guest today is Nomonde Mashile. Nomonde, thank you so much for your time and welcome to People Matters. Please tell the peeps a little bit about yourself before we get started, started. Hi Kalani and hi to your listeners. Thank you so much for this opportunity. As correctly introduced, my name is Nomonde and I am a practicing attorney. I have been doing this since 2013, so I'm getting well there by as a legal practitioner as we are called nowadays yeah thank you so much for having me thank you thank you so like I said in the introduction I want to talk about leave because I know you've probably come across a lot of the issues that you deal with Nomonde around leave get so many employees into trouble right I know that in the work that we do at Shiluva like one of the greatest misconduct issues that we deal with our, for our clients is around leave, leave entitlements, interpretation yeah. of the leave policy, interpretation of, you know, the leave in terms of the basic conditions of employment, et cetera, et cetera. So just before we get started, and I think as an opening question, is just maybe a high level of what leave entitlements are South African employees uh, entitled to? And what are sort of like the general provisions for each of them that you're going to talk about? So I love that when you start, you know, you keep mentioning interpretation because a lot of the disputes that I'm sure you come across roll mm -hmm. down roll down to the interpretation between two different people. Because, yeah. you know, when you have employer and employee, you have two different people who see things totally differently. And that is why... Just to start off, it is always the responsibility of the employer to ensure that the employee understands exactly what the provisions of the Basic Conditions of Employment Act are mm -hmm. and what they entail. Because yeah. we've got different levels in the employment. And if you say to your employee, just read the Basic Conditions of Employment Act and you're supposed to understand it, mm -mm, you haven't done enough there. Exactly. And, it and an employee says, I did not understand it that way. Then, you know, it's very difficult to find fault um, in, in that employee. So, you know, I always just say that employers must go the extra mile in explaining um, in layman's terms what this particular section means, mm. what this particular provision means. It just adds that extra caution so that when a person comes and there's a dispute that has arisen, then it's not a matter of, I didn't understand that you can find all fault, you know, but it also does mitigate those kinds of disputes around leave because then uh, an employee then fully understands what uh, they've agreed to. So just, I think, yeah, to jump right into the leave, mm -hmm. I think in the, the biggest one is the annual leave. Yeah. That is the most general one which is the, the leave that each employee is entitled to in on an annual basis or in a leave cycle. Mm -hmm. And when we speak about leave cycle or annual cycle, we speak about the time when the employee started working for the mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. So not everybody starts in January the 1st, on January the 1st of the year. Um, so we can't say it starts from January. It's always the date on which the employee started working for the company, yeah. and that will be their year. Okay. So in that year, each employee will be entitled to 21 consecutive days in uh, per cycle. Mm -hmm. uh, but we need to take into account that this includes weekends. So to simplify it, we always just say, if you're working five days for, um, for an employer in a week, then your leave will be 15 days. And mm -hmm. if you're working six days for the employer, then your work and your leave will be 18 days annual. So that is just to keep it simple. Once again, you see, that is why you can't just hand the basic conditions of the Employment Act to an employee to say, read it, and he should understand what's going on. Correct. Of, yeah, yeah, because of these difficulties that um, may occur in interpreting it. So yeah, if you're working five days, you've got 15 consecutive days. And if you're working six days, then you've got 18 days. And uh, it's important to note, I think, for... For the listeners that your leave accrues so when you start your cycle 
um, you start at zero. Mm. So your leave will accrue as the time moves. So um, at the beginning, you've got zero. You don't have 50. You accumulate yeah. the 50. So yeah. every 17 days, you will accumulate a day. Yeah. So the next 17 days, you'll get the extra day. But once again, this can be very difficult. I mean, <laughs> for companies that don't have, yeah, for companies that don't have um, systems and, you know, your uh, your IT software, which will yeah. work on this calculation, it can be so tedious. So I now have to call every 16 days, this person has, uh, every 17 days, this person now has a day. So again, to simplify it, you can say for people who work five days in a week for, for the employer, then they they will accumulate 1.25 days each and every month. Yeah. But I think that is so Yeah, you get 1.25 days every month. Um <clears throat> if you work if you work five days and if you work six days in a week, you get 1.5. So it makes it very easy to calculate. Because you're not now calculating 17 days and all of that. So every month the employee, every month that the employee has worked, they will be entitled to um the 1.25 days or the 1.5 days. And by the end of the cycle, the employee is 15 days, um, has has 15 days worth of leave. Okay. So it is another another important thing that uh, another thing that is important to note under any leave is that there's always an agreement. There must always be an agreement with the employer around when the employee gets to take leave. Um, yeah. So there is no real provision or regulation around when is the best time to take the leave, but it must always be suitable to the uh, the employer's operation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. And then obviously there's there's a lot of benefit to the to the employees in that as well because I know a lot of the employees will say, ah, oh, but that's unfair. It favors the employer only, but not really because you know there's a lot of protection for the employees that comes under the the, the annual leave regulation as well. For example, you know, um, the employer cannot say no, no, no. Instead of you taking your leave days, I'm going to pay you. It's not allowed. You know, they yes. take leave in the in the annual cycle. Another thing is if the employee has accumulated 10 days, for example, or seven days, and the employee wants to take the seven days consecutively, maybe going on holiday or visiting family, mm. the employer can say, no, take only two, and then you'll take the other three at another time, you know, if the yeah. is yeah, is entitled to those days, then the employee is entitled to take that leave. And what and about another... okay, yeah, carry on, sorry. Yeah. Um, so another thing is, you know, annual leave cannot be mixed with other leave, which is I think another thing that creates a lot of problems in the employment <laughs> um arena where you find that a person has given notice of their resignation. Yeah, and during the, they're like, you know what? I don't want to work for this company anyway. <laughs> you know? I don't want to be part of this. Any- I don't want to see these people's faces anymore. So I'm just going to exchange my annual leave and um, take leave for that notice period. It's not allowed. You cannot yeah. do that. Um, what will happen is if you've got leave days that have accumulated or accrued to you during that period, the employer will will pay you out for for those days. But you can't exchange a leave. In that situation, you cannot mix it with sick leave. You cannot mix it with any other leave, and just say, family um, responsibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <clears throat> you cannot yeah. mix it with. You cannot mix annual leave with any of that. So I think the important thing to take out of the annual leave is uh, the 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 subject of annual leave is that it's fifteen days per year if you work five days, and then it's eighteen days if you work six days. It must always be um in agreement between the employer and employee, and that you cannot use it at any other, you cannot mix it with any other type of leave. So I think under this specific one, I think that would be the biggest takeaway. Hmm. Okay. And, and then there's another one. I don't know if you want me to dive right into sick leave. Or... Yes, I was actually going to say, can we then talk about sick leave and then talk about family responsibility leave? Because annual leave, sick leave, and family responsibility leave is where we are always trying to clean up messes, you and I. <laughs> yes, 
Yeah. <laughs> that is that's exactly why I went hmm. <laughs> Before I started speaking about sick leave because oh my goodness, it's it's yeah, it gets a little bit um, yeah. intense when it comes yeah. to this. And also because, you know, it involves a lot of things. You know, when we speak about sick leave, we're speaking about are you sick? Um who diagnosed you mm. and are you so sick that you cannot work or are you just sick-ish? You know, so there's a lot of elements that um, come to play when we speak about sick leave. Yeah. And that's probably why there's so much dispute around it. Yeah. And you'll see even the cases, um, the, the cases that trend, that mm-hmm. are publicized around employees that have been dismissed for sick leave. It's all really about was this person really sick and to the point where they they're not able to perform their duties? Um, or was this person declared sick by a person who's authorized to diagnose that they're sick? So I mean, yeah, there's all of that. There's all of that. But sick leave um is exactly that. It's leave that you take when you are sick mm-hmm. and you are unable to perform your duties. In the context of your employment, in your employment. So yeah. I remember when I was starting in in my career, uh, a principal of mine once spoke about a person who, I mean, they were injured and they they injured their finger. Mm-hmm. But you know, as a as a as a person who was working in reception, it was understood why they needed to take some time off because yeah. they typing and they are you know they need to use their fingers in in, in their everyday working life. So yeah. those are the other things that you need to look at. That 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 is why it is said you are so sick that you cannot perform your duties. Um yeah. Not, yeah, you cannot do what you need to do. So when it comes to how much sick leave a person is entitled to, I think that is hardly ever an issue because I mean we've got so much sick leave. The the legislator is so generous when it comes mm. to sick leave. It's just around the the process of taking the leave. So um each employee each employee is entitled to 36 sick leave days. That is if you're working five days mm-hmm. in a week. So you are entitled to um 36 work uh, 36 sick leave days and that is paid. And uh the only the only limitation here is that you only become entitled to these on the seventh month. So a minimum of six months is what you should have worked before you you can be entitled to it. Yeah. So as and, just also, and, and just mm-hmm. also to add in there is that sick leave is, is, is the cycle is different to annual leave. The annual yes. leave is yes. every yes. year, yes. whereas sick leave is every three years. Yes. And I yes, so with, with sick leave it's thirty-six months. It's your 30, I think I said 36 days, eh? So it's 30 days every 36 months. 30 days every 36 months, yes. So I might have incorrectly said 36. Um, So it's 30 days every 36 months. Whereas with annual leave, it's every year. So yeah, that's where you need to be a little bit careful as well because 36 months is quite a long time. It is a long time. 36 months is quite a long time where you have to carefully use your sick leave. I mean, understandably, there's nothing that you can do if you're really sick. But, mm. you know, things like considering whether you actually want to use your sick leave for certain illnesses, minor illnesses, and so on, then you need to um, be a little bit careful there. But another difference between annual leave and sick leave is that, remember, with annual leave, it accrues with time mm. as you work. But with sick leave, where as soon as you're done with your first six months of employment, you are entitled to all your 36 days. Yeah, yeah. 30 days. Why do I need to, why do I keep saying that? Because, because, and I think this is it, and this is the reason why we're having this conversation. Because, guys, we actually sit with the law on our table. Because even mm. us, the people who have to... Um, who work in labor law, who interpret it for our clients, etc., etc., it 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 confuses us even sometimes. So can you imagine mm-hmm. people who who don't understand, you know, aren't familiar with the law and don't work under it every day? So 
like it's important and that's why for me this conversation is particularly important and also just understanding it not only from the law's perspective but also this the, the cultural nuances that come into play coming from a South African perspective or an African perspective mm. as well. But we're going to delve into that a little bit later. I think for me, uh, another thing when it comes to sick leave, it reminds me of the case of the guy who was on sick leave but went to a rugby match and posted <laughs> pictures on, his, I think it was Facebook. I don't know why people still <laughs> post pictures on Facebook, but that's a story for another day. But I don't know if you remember that particular case. <laughs> yes, 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 100%, 100%. And he was, but like, and I was you... off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, and it goes okay. back, it goes back to those elements that I was speaking about, you know, when it comes, why sick leave becomes so complicated. It's never really about, if you look at all these cases, it's never really about, do you have enough sick leave days? Yeah, you know, in a lot of these cases, the employee, employers, employees rather, always have enough sick leave days. That is hardly ever a dispute. Yeah, the dispute arises when you have to take the sick leave and you have to, um, really say that you meet the requirements to take sick leave. Exactly. And those elements: Are you so sick enough that you cannot be, um, at work? Mm. Who is the person that diagnosed you? And um. Yo, that who diagnosed you is also a problem, hey? It's, a, it's also a general problem. And when you speak about the African context, you know, we will we will get to that. So, yeah. I mean, in, in that case with the with the guy who went to the rugby match, yeah, the court or the, the employer, there is no way that they won't take that into account. And I mean, you will look at all these cases and you'll get really confused if you look at the mm-hmm. Labor Court and the CCMA awards. And yeah. if you don't look, if you don't read the full awards, if you don't read the full judgments, you can get very confused. You know, for example, if you rely only on the media summaries, because I can give you two different or two, two or three different cases yeah. where the sick leave was a problem. But if you rely only on the media summary, you would think that the courts are not consistent. Yes. Because there has been a case where an <clears throat> when an employee had taken sick leave, the, the document had said that um, this person is sick and is, should be booked off from work because they won't be able to perform their duties, but they were seen elsewhere during that period. Mm. You know? And the court in this case said, look, what you as the employer need to concern yourself with is just that this person was booked off by exactly. the medical professional. Yeah. You know, so you don't get involved beyond that. The fact that they were there, you you saw them at the mall or you saw them somewhere else, that is... Irrelevant. Yeah. That is irrelevant. But then you look at that case, you know, also where then the person went to a rugby match but was still booked off. Mm. Then the court in that matter, you know, followed a, a bit of a different approach to say, I mean, that is being at the mall while booked off, I think is slightly different to being at the run. For me, it's it's, okay. So I'm booked off. Maybe I've got a really bad flu. Maybe I'm at the Mm -hmm. mall to go to this camp to get my prescription, guys. But now I'm booked off. I've got the flu, but I'm at the rugby shouting my lungs out with my. (laughs) (laughs) It's a completely set set of scenarios. It's totally different. And I think that's where the type of work also plays a role. Yeah. You know, if you are, can you think about if you are a telephone consultant or a receptionist, your voice needs to be, you know, you need to be on your A game. You, you, your voice needs to be proper functional before, for you to be declared ready for work. Yeah. So it would be different if you are seen at a shop or you are seen elsewhere because... Yeah. You're not doing anything that requires you to use your your voice. So yes, you are still uh, medically unable to to do your work. Um. So if you're seen at the shop collecting your medication, or you're seen uh, maybe taking your child to school, then mm. it's a bit of a different. They can't say you were dishonest. Exactly. I mean, if you say you cannot walk because you are so sick, but then you go to the <laughs> rugby match. <laughs> it's like how did you get there <laughs> like how did, how you... did you get there <laughs> exactly 
and like yeah, walk the stadium stairs, get to the car, <laughs> like guys. You see, that's like, that's exactly it. So like, that's why I say, if you, if you look at these cases and just rely only on the media summaries, you could just, you know, begin feeling that the courts and the CCMA are inconsistent in their application. So that is why in cases of this nature, you do need to go really deep into the facts and to see what the circumstances of each case are, because yeah. that also directs the the final decision. Yeah, and I would also say for me, I would also say for me, it's important for employers to actually understand the merits of their case before uh, instituting any kind of action against the employee as well. You know. Um, I would say that it's important to to test your theory, like logically test your theory and bounce it off maybe other practitioners to say, this is what I'm going through. What are your thoughts? You know, um, you're you're booked off sick, but you're still a mom. You're still a dad. You know, uh, you're having to drop off and pick up. Unfortunately, being a parent with a, the only thing that's really going to stop you from fulfilling your responsibilities as a parent is if you're hospital bound or bed bound kind of situation, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to always test your the validity of what you're trying to do um, in terms of uh, instituting any kind of action against an employee. That is very, very true. That is very true. Um, and I think that is the importance of, actually having an independent advisor uh, in the form of an HR or attorney uh, when you are an employer because there's a lot of emotion. We don't want to have emotion in the workplace between employer and employee, but there's a lot of emotion that can some sometimes blind or make you blind to logic. hundred percent. Yeah, so when you, when you look at it and you see an employee who's been booked off, but you see them driving their child to school or you see them at the shop, your immediate reaction is that, oh my God, they're taking me for a ride. Yeah, they were and dishonest. <laughs> they were dishonest. Why Why didn't she just tell me that she wanted the day off? Why mm. didn't she just tell me that she didn't want to come to... So immediately then, you, depending obviously on your response level, mm. you, you, you can easily just see this person as a dishonest person whereas maybe if you've got that independent advisor who doesn't know you who doesn't know your employee and certainly and collect all the facts collect all the um, issues that you are complaining about maybe they can guide you in that direction to say actually maybe there is no issue here 100%. yes there is no yeah. issue here and if you are to institute an action or any disciplinary action against this person, you are actually signing up for a bigger problem for your for your company. Exactly. So I think that's the importance of uh, the role of advisors. I think on an independent level. Yeah, yeah. And let's let's mm-hmm. talk about family responsibility leave because this is another one uh, that gets us into murky waters. And that's not to say that others don't, but I think for me the reason behind this podcast and the conversations that we have is literally to discuss the issues that we don't really discuss and bring forth mm-hmm. the light. And for me, the the two that we've touched on and this third one that we're going to touch on now is probably, like I said in the beginning, where we see a lot of issues as well. So let's let's talk family responsibility. Um, yes, you are not wrong there. It does create a lot of problems. And again, you know, it goes back to what you spoke about or how you introduced um, this episode of your podcast where you said interpretation mm. creates a lot of problems. Because if, Golani, I am your cleaner in the yard, you know, mm-hmm. I am, I work, I, I work at your company, but I, I, I'm there for general maintenance. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to comprehend family responsibility. If you tell me you are entitled to three days of compassionate or family responsibility leave, I'm going to take it as exactly that. Exactly. I, I can take days to attend to my family. Mm. 
all the intricacies, the elements, because I mean, that's what law is, hey, elements. <laughs> all those elements. I'm not going to concern myself with all of that. I'm just, no. okay, I've got, yeah, I've got family responsibility leave and I will take it. You know, mm. and then that is where again we've got an inter- an interpretation problem, an understanding problem. And again, if a person acts according to their interpretation or understanding, then they are called dishonest or they are called out for trying to misrepresent the employer. When sometimes it's not even the case; it's just a matter of how I understood it and how you understood it, which then um, is different. So that, that is why once again it's important for the employer to ensure that employees understand exactly what is stipulated in the act and what is expected of them. So, yeah, so with, with the family responsibility leave, it's very brief, but, I mean, the problems that come out of it, oh, my goodness, <laughs> you entitled to three days if your child is sick. <laughs> That's the first, um, that is the first situation that is catered for only yeah. your child. Yeah. So you speak of child, you speak about adopted child or your biological child. But that is the only time that mm-hmm. you know sickness is provided for and the family responsibility. Yeah. Other than that, then it's death. And it's death of your spouse, your life partner, your parent, adoptive or biological, your child, your grandparent, and your sibling. So once again, you know, that is the only time that death of a person will be accounted for under family responsibility and you've got three days of that. Yeah, goodness. Yeah, you know, compassionate leave and family responsibility leave, I'm sure is probably for me one of the most kind of cases that I kind of have to deal with from a leave perspective outside of the other issues that come up in the workplace. So do you think that there are certain elements of family responsibility leave, of compassionate leave, especially from an African context and a South African context that you think needs to be more culturally appropriate? And not only the, uh, you know, uh, family responsibility and uh, compassionate, but let's also throw in sick leave there and talk about, you know, who issues the certificate to say that you are booked off. Do you think that there are elements there where we need to be a little bit more broad from a cultural perspective? And I bring this up because there was a case, and I'm sure you know about this case, where a guy in a plant, Toyota plant in KZN, got fired after applying for family responsibility leave um, yes. and it was granted and I can't remember all the nuances of the story but ultimately at the end of the day they found out that he said that his father had died but the person who had died was Ubamnanwake. and yes. for me that makes sense my father's brother dying is like my father dying in African culture and that's why we say because it means small dad and then Ubabkulu yes. is big dad, which is the person yes. that would be older than your uh, than your father. We have the same thing. I'm not Zulu, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm Zonga, but we have the same thing. We have Papa Wulu, Papa Nzongo, big dad, yes. small dad, and then there's your dad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's it's just again a reflection of how far we still need to go in terms of our law and the application of the law to mm. include the different cultures. Yeah. You know, because yeah, I mean there's there's a huge gap. We can speak about marriages, we can speak about family situation. There's a there's just a huge gap around um where the cultures come together. Because mm. you are absolutely correct. And I think the case that you're referring to with family responsibility, Sanjula case. Yes. And yes, and I mean, he he did say to to the people, and I mean, you if you read it again, you you also find that he spoke to fellow Zulu people, mm-hmm. and he told them who are the people that have died and um why he's taking the leave. So it's mm-hmm. only when it's discovered later by maybe people who are not Zulu or who are of a different culture that yeah. he was seen as dishonest or having tried to misrepresent the employer yeah 
around um, why he's taking leave. So it, it, it's exactly that. It is a gap, and it's a gap in application. It is honestly a gap in application of the law and just that understanding of um, the difference in how we are as, as people. You know, the black way of doing things is, or the African way of doing things is very different to um, how maybe people who are not African, you know, or other cultures, and I'm talking Indian and I'm talking white, you know, that is also, that is very different. Mm. They cannot be one way of regulating it, you know, yeah. which then it speaks to only one part of the South African culture. So yeah. all of this needs to be accommodated and dealt with even when applying the law. So even though the statute, which is the act, says that it has to be your mom, it has to be your dad, it has to be your um, your spouse or um, your adoptive child, et cetera, et cetera. As in, as in the application of that law, of that rule, employers do need to be sensitive and awakened to the differences in their employer, in their employment spaces. So um, even the courts, you know, the, the courts ha are very sensitive in how mm. they apply it. And that is why you will find that Mr. Njilo was found to not have been dishonest because in his context, my, his, his, his babunkulu or babunani, it's the same as dad. Yeah. Um, niece or nephew, it's a child. I was about to say, I was about to say, no wonder that if you think about it, if your sibling's child is sick, so let's say your sister's son is sick, in African hmm. culture, your sibling's children are your children, if that makes sense. Exactly. So exactly. If, if your you know, um, touch wood, God forbid anything happens, um, something happens to your niece or nephew, for you, that's the same as your child exactly. you're passing away or being unwell. And I like what exactly. you said is that we need to be culturally sensitive and, and, and realize mm -hmm. that also, uh, you know, a culture is not a blanket thing. Right. And no. I suppose this is where it becomes complicated. Uh, and, you know, uh, we need to sort of like find ways to apply it in mm. a way that is fair to the mm. equity or the situation. And I exactly. say fair to the equity and the situation because what matters to me as a Black female South African of Zonga descent might be completely different for somebody else from a different descent, you, yeah. uh, different gender, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So it's important yeah. that the application be fair, equitably mm -hmm. and circumstantially, if that makes sense. 100%, 100%. There is no blanket approach. And once again, you know, the, the, the thing with labor law is it's very subjective. Mm -hmm. Very subjective to what happened in the particular case. And mm -hmm. once again, I think removing yourself as an employer from the emotional connection between you and the employee makes the situation so much better. Where mm -hmm. you bring in a, a kulani, for example, to say, but if you look at it in this way, then this person was not dishonest. Mm. Before the matter goes to court, before it even goes to disciplinary hearing, before it even goes to CCMA, you know, yeah. to say this person was not dishonest because in their mind, in their brain, in their perspective, Babunkulu is his dad. Yeah. Niece is his daughter. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, I mean, and, and especially yeah. in the cultural context where, uh, where, you know, immediate family, I almost want to say there's no such thing as immediate family for black people. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and whoever's listening, please don't come for me. I'm trying to make a point here. <laughs> there's no such thing as immediate family for yes. black people because... <clears throat> Yes, you know, from a European 
Caucasian perspective, and I almost don't want to even say Caucasian because I want to think of other Caucasian um, elements where I would even think like Portuguese and Italian. For them, I don't think there's immediate family. I think a little mm. bit like it's a little bit like us as you know Africans as well. Yeah. I, I stand yeah. to be corrected, but for yeah. me. Uh, the reason why we call our cousins, this is my sister, this is my <laughs> brother, is because that's what they are. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> and then we try to put an English to it where we say, oh, no, this is my cousin's sister, this is my cousin brother, just so people it understand. Gets then it but gets so messy. <laughs> it gets yo, it gets messy. But I think the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, there's certain cultural nuances that employers yeah. need to understand and accept and make yeah. provisions for before they start. Yes. You know, I very few employees are out to sort of like abuse the system. Yes, there are yeah. those, there are a few, we and we've both dealt with them where they yeah. are going to take the system and ride it for all it's got. But in the majority, yeah. I just think it's a bunch of good people who have different interpretations of what's happening. And it's important yeah. that both parties understand the nuances and make provisions for the nuances. You know, another thing, another question I get asked a lot is like, Kulani, why is it only three leave? Why is it only three days? You know, in black culture, when somebody days dies, it takes a whole week or two weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lie, you know. And it's not a lie, but for me, it's always I laugh because I'm always the one left to try to <clears throat> explain it to our Caucasian counterparts, the kind of, I want to say, drama that goes into like a black funeral. Yes. You know? And I think, yeah. And I think, like we say, it's just whoever seeks to apply what is written in the, in the acts or in the codes or whatever, mm. you know, just needs to have that awareness. And you know what that awareness will create, Nick? Mm -hmm. It will create an an environment of openness and honesty yes. from employees as well because if I as an employee know that my employer is open-minded and is open to um, my culture and how I do things in my culture mm. then I will be honest and there's yeah. always you know when, when two parties are being honest there's always room to compromise so when I'm honest and I say look my dad has not has just passed away but it's and it's a Wednesday, you know, if he passes on on a Wednesday, there's no way that the funeral is going to be on a Saturday. So it'll probably be the following Saturday. Yes. Yeah. And there's so much you know, preparation that goes yes. into all of that. Yeah. Yes. But I understand I cannot now say I'm off from this Wednesday up until the following Saturday. So you see, because now you and I are having this open uh, conversation where you are open and you're, re uh, you're open to receiving my views on uh, my culture. And mm. if you want to test it somewhere else as an employer, go ahead and do it. Ask somebody else. Ask yeah. another, um, ask your legal advisor, ask your, uh, another colleague or another employee of the same culture if you want to test the validity of what the, the, the particular employee is saying. But that's just what I want to, the point that I want to make, that if um, employers are also showing that openness, then it creates a room for, for honesty and less people trying to cheat themselves out of the system so that they can actually do what they need to do. Because a lot of the times um, you find that a person is really the, the main character in arranging the funeral and has to be there for the entire week. They're not playing it. So, you know, if yes. they open up, yeah, they're not playing it. I'm thinking about a situation where it's like the firstborn son mm. in mm. a family. Like, in mm. certain cases, nothing will go forward until the firstborn son is at home and, exactly. and is present to make certain decisions, etc., etc. Or firstborn daughter or... Mm. You know, I, I remember, um, and luckily for me, I wasn't in any kind of formal employment at the time when my grandmother passed away. Mm. Uh, literally, our entire lives came to a standstill for a period of mm. a week and a half, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm. But I, in my mind, I was just so grateful to that. I didn't have to explain it to anybody, you know. Um, 
and I remember there were family members because also we we deviated from culture a little bit. I will be honest there, and we actually buried my grandmother on a Monday and not the usual weekend. And we had family members who had to account to their employers, and it was a weekend before the fifteenth of December in December. So you can imagine, you. Um, um, so family members had to now we had to make copies of my grandmother's death certificate so they because they took leave again it's like why are you taking leave for this Mm -hmm. auntie who's not your mom not your grandmother and they're like this woman actually raised me she is my she's my mother's sister or she's my mother's cousin but for a long period when I was in high school primary school or university I lived in her home there's no way I cannot be at her funeral you know so it's all those kinds of sort of like nuances that I think employers need to think about uh, that become very, very complicated, unfortunately. But I do agree with you is that the moment we start to have open and honest conversations about what the nuances and what the cultural realities are, it makes room for people to be like, okay, I might not necessarily comprehend it, but I see Mm -hmm. that this is important to you. So go ahead and take the time that you need. Because realistically speaking, guys, I don't think me being away from work for three days is going to bring the entire organization down. Unless, Mm. I mean, then that's when we need to talk about, you know, business continuity modeling. I was going to say say that then maybe we're speaking about fixing a whole different problem <laughs> yes exactly 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 so yeah, I think, yeah. yeah sure anyway before no, we close no. up and i let you go i want to throw another spanner in the wheels because now we do have an understanding that yes i do think that you know it's important that we yes take into account what the law says but also take into account the cultural realities that people come from and live by adhere to a part yeah. of yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah 100% so talking about leave i want to throw an you know another spanner in the wheels just before we go i want to know what your thoughts are on menstrual leave <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what my thoughts are but I thought I should ask because this is this is a new hot topic. We're all talking about it. When I was actually researching it, Zambia is the only African country that has menstrual leave in terms of like legislated. Like women in Zambia get one day a month to deal with their what I want to call call girl issues. But it's menstrual leave, you know. Yes. Um, so thoughts. Firstly, I think it would be nice. <laughs> Amen. The woman, the woman, yeah, the woman me thinks it would be nice uh, because I think, you know, you and I will know and uh, a lot of other women out there will know how difficult life can be, you know, yeah. around the time of the month. I mean, a simple task, a simple task that you're so used to doing every day can feel 10 times more difficult. Yeah. Than, so um, I think I think it would really I think it would really be beneficial and it, I mean at the end of the day long term be good for the company as well mm-hmm. uh, because you know you always know when employees feel like they're being taken care of as human beings and as they are then yeah. product, productivity always always um, goes up. Um, I do have to also say that I think it will come with a lot of responsibility and difficulty, I think, in the South African context because mm-hmm. of practically applying it practically and yeah. how do we do about it individually. I think it is something that we would need to look at um, closely in terms of how do we impl- implement it mm-hmm. and how do we make sure that you know it does not, at the end of the day, affect the 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 operation look and when i speak when i speak about when i say what i say now i'm looking at the context of smaller smaller companies yeah that um maybe majority of the people working there are women so how do we regulate a situation where maybe the the ladies who are in the office sort of like go on the period 
And you know, when there's like, I was about to say, that's another problem is that if there's a lot of women in one department or in one work, Mm -hmm. your cycle is all like, everybody's in a bad mood for like three days, five days (laughs) around the same time of the month, because it kind of syncs up. I completely agree with you. I was doing some research and one lady said, it sounds great, but then it just would make getting work for women a little bit harder, you know? Um, whether we like to admit it or not we do deal with unfair prejudices in the workplace as women etc and also in terms of trying to acquire work so yeah and when she mentioned that I said I suppose we know we have employment equity for that but practically speaking I understand where the other person is saying but I agree I do think that and also I don't think menstrual leave means it would necessarily mean taking the day off completely in some cases it might just mean that can I just have my laptop and work from home if you're able to and I get that that there might be some jobs where you might not be able to do that but you know again I'm sure we can make provisions for that um you know um so yeah I um as a woman who who has a cycle every month um also having to deal with other you know it's not only the cycle it's also you know women having to deal with other challenges maybe you have fibroids um you know mm-hmm. you have pcos and all of those things it just makes that time of the month even worse you know yeah. i was actually yeah. just sharing with a friend earlier today that i actually stopped having a personal trainer because they wouldn't understand that when i'm on my period i wouldn't be able to push as hard in the gym uh, lift as heavy because guys it's it's guningi as you would say that's why i said like something that you're so used to doing every year every day sorry can feel a hundred times harder just waking up can feel so no. difficult but exactly. then it goes back again to the comprehension if you are not going through that so um you know i, I was just thinking about it and i'm like i wonder if we won't also have females in the workplace who are now being profiled or you know um seen as less competent at yeah. that time of the week, you know just yeah. because I have told my male senior that you know this is when I need to take my menstrual leave yeah um, how I am seen as a woman because we all know the the stereotypes we all know the myths around uh, women who are when women are on their periods they mm. you know they are irrational they are you know they make all sorts of crazy decisions they they not themselves and I mean to an extent we all know that the emotional um balance is a little bit different but the hormones are out of work guys let's be honest our hormones are doing it's the natural. most <laughs> it's, and, <laughs> it's natural but we didn't ask, guys. Me, I always go down and I say I blame Eve for eating the apple. But I, some, you know, people were like, Adam should have been there to stop her. So there we go. Exactly. But I don't want to know and um, be seen as um, just for that particular week. You know, for example, certain decisions are being taken away from me because mm. on my periods or um, I'm just... I, I, for that week, I'm seen as being incapable, and you know it affects eventually how I do my job, or it affects yeah. as how I am seen in the workplace. You know, um, so I think it also boils down to oh ties, or you know ties with maternity leave, where um, people in interviews will be asked, uh, "Do you have children?" And, but oh, why do you goodness. Are you goodness. Can people children? please stop asking that question? Like, it's not your <laughs> business. Yes, you know, are you planning to have children in the near future? No, no, it's, it's not right. You know, it's, it's illegal. Right. Let's be honest. It's actually illegal. <laughs> From an employment <laughs> equity point of view, it's, it's illegal to ask somebody yes. that question. Yes. Yeah. So I think once again, they, uh, on paper, it would look nice, mm-hmm. but it would it would create a different level of challenges for women you know i mean we are still struggling with women with children women who are pregnant yeah have children or women who go to interviews and um you know they are they're being asked all those kinds of questions 
which uh, then either lead to them not getting the work or um, just being seen in a certain way because they plan on having kids in the near future or they already have children and they just for some reason are seen of being incapable to do their work. Yeah. You know, so I think with the period of uh, the menstrual leave as well, um, on paper it would be nice. And I think if um, we had more education around it and, uh, you know, all the men who don't experience it um, were educated enough about mm-hmm. it and how to deal with it. I think once we get there, then it would be great because it would create that autonomy where everybody just does what they need to do yeah. <laughs> around. I just um, think that we should we should get one of those period activator machines and get every man on the planet just to experience and put it on them for like five days at at level at a mere level three and just just for an entire week and some might need to put it on maybe every week for like three months just so they understand and and I don't even think that simulation fully gives them the full experience as to what we actually really go through but yeah I agree on paper great yeah. practically it might be a little bit murky but I'm still a huge fan of, of menstrual leave and I hope that I at some point too. yeah and yeah. I hope at some point that we would follow our Zambian counterparts maybe yeah. it's because they gave their ladies menstrual leave that they have 24 hours of electricity hey because they also sorted out <laughs> issues in that regard so <laughs> Yo, don't speak about that. <laughs> oh well, yeah. But anyway, no more there. Yeah, no, I think um yeah, I think you know, when we get to that point, I just think that all these smalling and the things surrounding periods and menstruation and the different types of experiences that women go through. Mm-hmm. I mean how women A and women B experience the period is totally different. Yes, so I just yes. yeah, I just hope that, you know, when that time comes, the legislator takes all of that into consideration mm. so that we don't have those loopholes that we are seeing in a lot of what we discussed earlier on today. You yeah. Know, we kind of have very minimal loopholes and that everybody is catered for. You know, everybody's catered for and everybody just feels human. Awesome, awesome. Nomonde, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Um, how do people get hold of you if they need your services? So, I don't know if I must share my cell phone number here. I think email and website might be a lot better, but yeah. Yeah, um, so my email is nomonde, N O M O N D E at kufesa.co.za so it's normally at kufesa.co.za then website website is still coming it's under construction but give it a few more weeks and then it'll be out there but yeah it's www.kofesa.co.za Awesome. Thank you so much, Nomonde. I really do appreciate you. Thank you very much. I appreciate this opportunity. Anything to just give back and teach people here and there. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, thank you and chat soon. Bye, everybody.